Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join us is author Kayla Kagan and her incredible book I had a chance to review, Piper Parish. Uh, I'll let her tell you more about it right now. Good morning. Hi. Hi. Thanks for calling the show. Oh, absolutely. Thanks. I'm so glad to talk to actual California. <laughs> <laughs> where, where are you calling in from? Just Los Angeles. Okay. We've been talking kind of all over the place. So it's like, oh, good. Oh, yeah. We're local. Yay. I know. Time change. It's like you have to get up so early or you're, you know, I understand. I get it. it it's tough sometimes. I'm like, oh, wow. Um, I s- spoke with Wisconsin this morning at 6 a.m. my time. And I was like, wow. or our time. And I was like, <laughs> oh, well, okay. I got to wake up my voice. Let's try and do this. But, I know. I know. Yeah. Are you a coffee drinker? I am. Me but um, I, I try not to drink it too early because then... It's such a long day until I have right. it again. So, <laughs> yeah, I know you can't be buzzed all day. So, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could, but <laughs> right. No, I couldn't. I'd be all over the place. So, I know we only have till around nine fifteen. But, um, congratulations! This is your debut novel. Yes, thank you so much. I'm really excited about it. Um, it's been doing pretty well, and so far, readers seem to be really responding to it in a good way. And um, awesome. it, it's been a fun debut so far. So tell me about how you created this character. I mean, uh, she's Warhol obsessed, and it's it's really cool concept. Yeah, thanks. Um, so Piper Parish is the name of the book and also the name of the protagonist. Mm-hmm. And um, I came up with Piper kind of in a, a weird fugue state. I, I was... Uh, I had been working on assorted novels, and, I, and my background was theater and playwriting. And um, I was trying to write novels, but I think I was trying to basically teach myself how to write a novel. Okay. Um, and I don't think I knew what story I actually really wanted to tell any of the times I had tried and, and attempted and it didn't work. And um, I'm in a writing group here in Los Angeles, and one day I said to them, you know, I really want to try and write a book from the perspective of a character, like a, a journal almost, like first person, yeah. past tense, very personal, very immediate. And I'm not sure it'll work, but I'm going to give it a shot. And I said, sure, sure. And I said, and I know she's a high school senior, and I know she's an art student, and I know her name is Piper, and that's all I know. And they're like, okay, we'll go <laughs> forth. And and so I, it started from this very personal character point of view. I really didn't even know the plot. I, I wasn't outlining it. I thought, mm-hmm. um... I know I want her to start in Texas, and I want her to land in New York, and I'm going to see if I can get her there. Wow. Yeah, so... So you just <laughs> kind of let it... Up. It just kind of evolved, became very organic. It did, it did. I mean, I, as I would go through, and a new character would kind of pop into my head, I tried really hard not to say no to any of it. A lot of it got scrapped, but mm-hmm. in the first draft of it, in the original writing of it, I was like, okay, who is this character? And if a character introduced herself or himself to me, I would kind of then brainstorm on that character for a while and go, okay, why is this woman or this girl Kit her best friend, and who is Kit, and what's her life like, and kind of try to explore that and um, create this this world that they all lived in together. And um, Andy Warhol was kind of her, was Piper's touchstone to kind of help her, A, get to New York City, and I wanted her to have an inspiration that was both accessible and perhaps um, a little self-absorbed, like Piper herself. <laughs> I I really found it incredible how you captured the uh, dialogue of these teens so well. Oh, thank you. I um I think dialogue comes 
um, the easiest to me as a playwright. I mm-hmm. think it's my comfort zone, so I tend to lean on it a lot, which sometimes is effective in novels and sometimes isn't. And um, I just really tried hard to stay true to who Piper and her friends or her family are. Somebody asked me, um, how do you know how to write teenagers? And I said, oh, I don't know how to write all teenagers, and I don't know how to write most teenagers, but I knew how to write these characters for some reason. Um, I just really tried to listen and go, is this true? Is this a real thing this character would say? Because this might be a thing that another teenager would say, but I'm not sure this actual character would say this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really tried to stay listening to them, and luckily I had an editor, or I met my editor, and she also helped keep me on track with that, too. Occasionally, if I was like, do you think do you think this is how, like, this character still sounds? She's like, yeah. yeah, or, like, you know, maybe you want to pull back. Maybe she's not quite there yet. And right. So. Now, are you artistic? Because you really captured the essence of her love of art. Um, well, I, I'm artistic in the sense of uh, being a theater artist. I was a playwright and a director, so I, I was constantly building stage pictures. Mm-hmm. But in terms of being a fine artist um, or a, a you know, a painter or anything like that. I grew up around visual artists, and my mother is a ceramicist and a potter, and I grew up in her ceramic shop. So I was constantly surrounded by both, you know, amateur and hobby level and professional level um, artists. And then as a theater kid, I grew up around all my theater artist friends who were set designers and costume designers and Mm -hmm. people who had really practical craftsman skills and um, kids in the art department. So... I'm very influenced by them, and I feel like I can hear them talk, and I can kind of join in the jargon, but I'm really a writer, and it's really hard for me. Like, I wish I was an artist. Wow. By the way, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with author Kayla Kagan about her her, uh, debut novel, Piper Parish. I want to read something uh, at the beginning of the book. Uh, That's why I asked if you were an artist, because you capture what it is to be an artist so well. Um, There's... uh, there's, here's this quote. And I do love what I do. I love painting. I love drawing. I'm never let down. Even when the picture isn't exactly what I want, I can keep working at it. Paintings speak back. They argue. But it's just because they still want attention. They aren't done yet. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I feel that way about writing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I guess that's why it translates, is I, I feel that same passion towards writing, because even if I think I've written the perfect passage or the most beautiful turn of phrase or something that cracks me up, and I'm like, that's great. I didn't know I was going to write that. Um, It it still doesn't feel that. You always want to tinker. You always want to make it better. And then once in a while, you get that breath, and you go, oh, my God, okay, I think I can't touch it anymore. I think it is what it is. Um, And I know I have friends who are artists who feel that way, And, and I think they're friends probably who suffer the most with that are actors who oh yeah you know want to be on stage and they want to go back and fix that one moment they had and they they don't get that chance so unfortunately they're the ones who really get it rough but right <laughs> right there's another one more i want to share art yeah. washes away from the soul the dust of everyday life I, mm-hmm. love, I love that one picasso yeah and i i kind of feel like you know whatever you're going through and and if you're someone who's inclined to just staying open to the things around you and in, in the art that comes into your life. I, I think that's a really, really true statement. I know it is for me, and it's right. often been kind of the saving grace when the dust of life is like a mound that you can't get oh, through. Oh, yeah, major heap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mount Dustmore, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I really, yeah. I'm, I was reading this book and I was thinking I can completely see this as a film. Oh, thank you. I, um, I don't know if it will ever go in that direction. Mm-hmm. And I, there has been um, little gossips and talks here and there about possibly like a, a Netflix series or, right. or, or a film or things like that. So um, at this time, there's nothing exciting to report, but it, there's little bites here and there and little interest. And That's I good. do think it's very visual. So if there was somebody who got excited about it in a way cinematically, I think mm-hmm. it, it would be a nice you know, thing to see, but um, we'll see what happens. I'm not sure it is LA, so you never know. Exactly. <laughs> do you do you have a, a strong fondness for New York? Because I love how you captured how she really wanted to get from Houston to New York. Well, like all, like not all, like a lot of people in LA, I lived in New York for a mm-hmm. while. I lived there 12 years. And so it's kind of my other home away from yes. home. And um, I do have a deep fondness for New York. I have a love-hate relationship with New York. I love it. And when I'm there too long, I'm like, okay, I got to go. I know. Um, but when I was her age, um, Piper's age and younger, mm-hmm. um, I also lived in Texas. And um, my goal was I have to get to New York City to study theater. Oh. Um, because at the time, that's where you went for theater. You mm-hmm. didn't go to, you could go to regional theaters, but that was just to get to New York in the long run. And I knew from a very, very young age that I wanted to be in New York. And so the the two things I've kind of put into Piper for myself were that it was the t- journey, the mecca from um, Texas to New York right. and the um, desire to get there. And then I really, I knew I could put that in her because I knew how to access that in myself yes. and what that meant to me at that time. I think it's great. Do you uh, have advice for people that are, because this, the show is Get the Funk Out, so people <laughs> that are in a writing funk that, you know, want to achieve what you've done? I don't know how long this took you to write. Well, um, I, I do have a piece of advice that is what got me through it, and mm-hmm. it, t- it took me a year to write it, but this is why it took me a year to write. Now, I, I did revise and rewrite after that, so it took another few months. But um, there's a poet named Robert Hass, and his quote is my mantra, and I spread the gospel as much as I can. Okay. But his quote is, take the time to write. You can do your life's work in half an hour a day. And when I was okay. writing, I wrote 30 minutes a day, mm-hmm. and I stopped after 30 minutes. And on the 30-minute mark, each day for a year um, in 2013, and I have to say, that's how I wrote this book. Like, I... Wow. It, yeah, it, it's like, you know, you would end on the 30-minute mark, and sometimes you're in the most exciting moment, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, I want to keep writing. And you have to go, no, 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 you get to write tomorrow. Really? You'll get you to write today. Wow. Because then the, the next day you go in on such a high note, you're like, I cannot wait to ride this wave. I cannot wait to keep writing on this. Yes. And then, and also, you know, if you have life going on outside of that, whether you have family and work and whatever, mm-hmm. then you still have to be responsible for all that. But before I started this process, I thought, well, if I'm not writing four to eight hours a day, you know, I'm definitely not a writer. Right. But that's not true, and that's not practical. And that's actually, I don't know if the creative brain and the creative parts of our brains actually function for that long for that well. And um, so for me, 30-minute bites every single day, and I made the promise to myself, and then some days 30 minutes felt like 20 hours. I was like, I'm never going to get through this. Wow. And then sometimes 30 minutes went so fast, and I would end in the middle of a sentence or a run-on or a fragment because there's lots of, because it's written like a journal, there's yes. lots of sentences that aren't just simple sentences. And, and I would stop, and I could feel myself like lunging towards the laptop, like I want to do this. 
And I swear oh. this little quote got me through, and it, my friend actually made it into an art piece for me, and I put it over my desk that because it's how I'm working today still. I love it. I love it. That's great advice because a lot of times, you know, days go by and you don't write and you kick yourself. Yeah, but if you can find yeah. that little bit of time, it makes a difference with anything, it, really. Really. It, I, you know, I think it's the same way if you're training. Let's say if you're trying to maybe exercise and eventually you want to run a marathon. Well, you don't just get up and run a marathon. And I think I was under the, um, not under the impression really, but like I kind of thought, oh, if I can write a full-length play, I can write mm-hmm. a novel. No, those are very different beasts, and there's very different muscles and training. And the 30 minutes a day, it worked for me. It worked for my attention span. It worked and gave me a place to go, um, I, I am doing this, and That's it, it doesn't matter that it's not eight hours a day, and that doesn't make me less of a writer. In I fact, like it makes that. me a writer. Yeah. You know? I, I like that. I actually apply that to guitar. Sometimes I feel like uh, all I have is 20 minutes. I'm like, yeah. well, then 20 minutes it is, but it's something. And then you feel so good afterwards. You don't go, oh, yeah. I don't know if you would get this, but if you're not playing the guitar, then that anxiety that kind of builds around it. Yes. Of like, oh, shoot, I should have played. Oh, shoot. And then it adds up all week, and you, yes. you feel like something's missing. I do. And then I feel like I went on a mental vacation when I take that 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, because mm-hmm. you, you do. You go. Th- your brain is signaled, you know, signed in to the one thing it's supposed to be doing, right. and you're probably not worrying about the news, and you're not worrying about the world. Right. And, right. and your brain, it, it's good for us to create. It's good for us to get into that flower zone that people talk about and do. And for me... Because I started doing this 30 minutes a day, when I'd hit about minute, I don't know, five or six, somewhere in there, mm-hmm. I, I was gone. Like the phone could no. ring and I would not hear it. I, I love was just that. there. Yes. I know, you get in a zone. Yeah, I, and it's so good. It, it, it feels almost like an internal brain massage. <laughs> I agree completely. Wait, yeah. before we wrap up, tell me about the artwork because I love finger painting. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> so I love um, the whole uh, cover uh, art. The cover art was done by a terrific graphic designer named Luke Choice, who, if you follow, if you're on Instagram, his handle is Velvet Spectrum, and um, he's done all kinds of magnificent work. He works with, like, Ray-Ban and Nike and Adidas and all kinds of cool companies, and Chronicle Books actually um, approached him to do the cover because we knew we wanted these kind of paint strokes looking um, cover, and he agreed. He's also doing the sequel cover, which I'm really excited about. And then the interior art was um, like the scribbles and the drawings and the scratch-outs because it is Piper's journal that we're reading were done by um, an artist named Maria Inez Gull, who is French oh. and lives over in France. And um, she is the illustrator for Rookie Magazine, and her work is just phenomenal. We love it. And she's also doing the sequel. And we, I, she just knew Piper, too. She just got it. She was like, yep, I know how to draw this girl. I know who she is. Perfect. Now, yeah. where, where can people find out more information about you, Kayla? Um, the two easiest spots are KaylaKagan.com. That's Kayla with a K and Kagan with a C, which gets mixed up daily. <laughs> and um, on Twitter at Kayla Kagan, K uh, for Kayla and C for Kagan. Perfect. Thank you so much for calling in. This is great. And, and oh, congratulations. Gosh. Oh, I lo- thank you very much, and um, it really is great to talk to California. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is so nice to be on the same coast. Awesome. I love it, and thank you. I'm, I'm uh, enjoying the radio show a lot. Awesome. All right, hope to meet you sometime. Thanks, you too. Take That'd care. be cool. All right, All right. bye-bye. Bye. That was Kayla Kagan calling in to talk about Piper Parish, and if you missed any part of this, it will be up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Okay, going to take a mini break, and then uh, I have several more guests 
You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.